Welcome to the Church Times podcast. Try 10 issues for £10 or two months access to our website and apps also for £10. Go to churchtimes.co.uk forward slash new hyphen reader. Paul, um, Boris Johnson sits down at the G7 summit in Cornwall tomorrow and um, you note in your column that he'll be the only leader of any G7 country cutting its country's aid budget. Um, And that's been a big story this week. Well, I mean, it's been a big story for a while. And it's not just the past week. I mean, he wants to cut the aid budget, allegedly, to uh, because we can't afford it because of the, the pandemic. But uh, th- that's not the real reason, it seems to me. We've spent £100 billion on fighting COVID. And we're talking about £4 billion here for the, uh, uh, the aid budget. And that is, as they say in the Treasury, a rounding error. You know, you can't you can't calculate that finally. Uh, so it's 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 become a kind of totem. Uh, there's a certain faction, and there has been for a long time in the Conservative Party, which doesn't like aid, uh, which uh, thinks uh, basically doesn't like giving money to foreigners. And um, the uh, there's been a cynical calculation by this government that uh, if they can cut the aid budget, it will be popular in. Uh, what they call the red wall seats, the, the, the northern seats that used to be Labour that have gone over to Tory. And uh, as someone who lives in, in, in the north, I find that particularly insulting because uh, uh, there is no sense that I get from talking to people in these parts that, that, that people are against the idea of aid. Uh, people are overwhelmingly in favour of the idea of, of, of aid when it comes to a humanitarian crisis. And you know, it depends very much as David Davis said in the House of Commons this week, uh, depends what question you ask them. Uh, if you say, you know, are you in favour of giving uh, aid to India, which has a space race budget, uh, they'll say no. But if you say, are you in favour of helping people who've just been hit by a tsunami, they'll undoubtedly say yes. And uh, there's kind of 90 percent uh, support amongst the British public for 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 that kind of aid, and even for the the lesser kind of aids is like seventy percent. So this notion that it, it, it appeases the red wall is, is, is in my view, wrong and, and also very insulting. Um, but it, it, that reveals the, the level of cynicism of this government, that it thinks that it can, it can cut budgets to the world's poorest people um, in order to curry favour with, with a particular section of the electorate. That's the worst kind of politics. And this um, this coalition that's been forming in, in Parliament to campaign to reverse the aid cut, I mean, it's not left-leaning Liberals only, is it? It's, it's Andrew Mitchell, Conservative, David Davis, Sir Edward Lee, MP, and there are former Prime Ministers such as John Major. George Gale, you know, right-wing backbenchers who, who are normally opposed to anything left-wing. Uh, I mean, for goodness sake, Theresa May, the, the previous Prime Minister, spoke against this, but all living Prime Ministers have spoken against this. This is a very marginal, a marginal political event, but it's not marginal in, in, the, uh, in the developing world. I mean, one of the things about aid is that it is, uh, people think it's a huge part of our budget. Um, that's the way that the, the right-wing opponents of aid write about it, as though it was like a quarter of or a third of all our spend. It's not, it's seven pence out of every 10 pounds of our national income. And uh, that's, that's a paltry amount, uh, but it goes a long way in, in the third world. Because it's configured as a percentage, 0.7%, that's what seven pence out of seven pounds uh, equates to. 
It means that when our income goes down, the amount that goes down in aid goes down automatically. So we don't need a, a cut because of COVID. We've already had that. Uh, last year, the aid budget was 2.9 billion pounds more than it is this year. So it's already been reduced and now they want to reduce it another 4 billion. Uh, so that, that, that is a massive cut. Uh, it's a cut of about a third of the whole budget. And that it's just not fair to impose that cut suddenly and unpreparedly on, on people for whom it makes the difference between life and death. We can see now with reports coming in from the field that there are clinics closing, there are food grounds which are uh, 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 having less, less food uh, uh, arrive for them. Um, I mean, it is, it is literally, as was said in the House of Commons, uh, th there is a danger of, of hundreds of thousands of people dying because of this cynical political exercise by, by the, uh, the government. So it's, it's, uh, it's something which um, church people should be, you know, it's, the, the, there's a, a moral outrage here that, that we need to uh, cry down. Yes, well, we've reported on a um, number of bishops writing to MPs um, whose constituencies are in their diocese. Urging, in particular last weekend, urging their MPs to support this amendment that Andrew Mitchell and, and, the, and his parliamentary colleagues attempted to get put before Parliament on Monday. Um, that seemed like quite a crunch moment and a moment of hope to reverse the cut. But of course, the Speaker, Sir Lindsay Hoyle, declined to put that amendment to the, to the House for a debate and a vote. I mean, was that quite a serious setback to the, to the cause, do you think? Well, it was, it was a setback, but it was always a high-risk strategy. I mean, Andrew Mitchell is a clever political operator and he saw a bill there that he could put an amendment into to raise this issue and, and force a vote to make the government uh, listen to the, the, the will of the House of Commons, which is overwhelmingly here going to um, be um, in favour of restoring the, the cut to the aid budget. Uh, and that's why the government didn't want the vote. But unfortunately, the bill which presented itself for Mr Mitchell to um, make his amendment to was was really too different uh, from uh, the subject of aid. Uh, it was it was a bill about research, and so the, the speaker ruled it out as not being you know within the scope is the phrase has it of uh, of the bill. He then gave this emergency debate uh, in which MP after MP stood up, and only think about four of them were in favour of the uh, maintaining the aid cut. The others were all against it for moral. Uh, reason uh, reasons for self reasons of self-interest um because obviously if we're if we're cutting uh aids especially in the middle of a pandemic and one of the huge ironies is this government which is so fond of telling us to wash our hands is cutting the clean water and sanitation budget by 80 percent i mean one of one of the things that they didn't think through is that because we have international commitments uh, on on aid in certain to, you know to, to make a contribution to certain international bodies UN and so forth that means that the amount that can be cut comes out of the direct aid which is you know everybody agrees is the best quality aid bilateral aid what what actually goes to 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 helping people on the ground in fighting uh, AIDS um, promoting education health clinics I mean that is the that the water that's the money that's being cut and so you've got a place like Yemen. Uh, or Syria, and the the the, the cut there uh, is um, is is more than um, half, more than half the budget to two of the worst uh, humanitarian disasters in the world at the moment is being cut by us. It's unconscionable. As and that's the very word the Archbishop of Canterbury has used. So Lindsay Hoyle, I mean, he he declined to include that amendment um, 
for, for reasons that, that Andrew Mitchell seemed to accept. But Sunita was, I thought, very emphatic that Parliament should be given a vote on this. But number 10 came out on Tuesday afternoon saying there are no plans to give a vote. So there was this emergency debate, but it, I mean, it allowed MPs to air their views, but it didn't lead to anything really. What, what, what can happen now? Yeah, well, I mean, that, 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 is just a, that is just a disgrace because, you know, for 25 years, there's been a cross-party consensus on this, that we should be moving towards this 0.7%. Uh, Tony Blair made big steps towards that at Glen Eagles. Then David Cameron made it a, a, a pledge. Uh, and then, then um, David Cameron brought it into law. A conservative government brought this into law. It's against the law to reduce aid in, in, in this way without Parliament changing the law. And the, the, the government are determined not to give chance uh, for the Commons to express that and, uh, and to say, no, we don't want to change the law. Um, so we've got we've got a situation where we, we, the government is is flouting the will of Parliament and, and flouting the law of the country. It's extraordinary that this kind of uh, thing can can pass without without you know people on the streets. And uh, as uh, Andrew Mitchell said in the House of Commons, there probably would if it wasn't for the pandemic, there would be tens or hundreds of thousands of people on the, the streets as there were for um, the uh, Make Poverty History or. Uh, the hands around Birmingham, that last uh, uh, G7 summit, the government is, is hiding behind the, the COVID pandemic to make this, this cut, which is just, uh, you know, morally, politically disgraceful. And, and it's against our best interests because when, when Boris is going to the, uh, to the G7 and sitting down with all these other rich nations uh, leaders, and none of them have cut aid. Everybody recognises that in a pandemic, you actually increase aid. The standing of Britain in, on the world stage at a time when um, Boris Johnson is talking about global Britain and we have to promote ourselves around the world. And, and this is actually doing the opposite. What can happen next for the campaign to reverse the aid cut? Because the government's just refusing to put it for a vote. It has control over, I guess, what legislative businesses brought before the Commons. What, what can they do? Can, can there be legal action that they take if they feel that the um, will of you know, democracy is being thwarted, the will of Parliament is being ignored? There, there are three things that, that can be done. One is that this moral outrage can be generated amongst the public who can write to their MPs and, uh, and, and turn up at places with banners outside uh, meetings and so forth, insofar as they're allowed to because of the pandemic and the security reason. That's the ordinary public can do that. Uh, the parliamentarians can look for another bill to attach this amendment to and force this amendment through. And a load of Tory grandees will join the other parties uh, because all the other parties are committed to maintaining 0.7%. Every single MP who was elected at the last general election was elected on a manifesto which was committed to keeping this aid at this level. Um, so the, the Commons will will undoubtedly uh, vote that way if they are given a chance, and if people like Andrew Mitchell, who's he's a clever uh, political tactician, if he can find a way of of attaching this to another uh, another amendment, uh, and it's clear that Speaker is well disposed to that as long as it can be done within the rules, uh, then that's the second option. The third option is a legal option. I mean, overwhelming the legal opinion is that. This, this is against the law. And that if the parliament, if the government wanted to do this, they should have got the permission of parliament. There should have been a vote and there hasn't been. So 
uh, it's open to a legal um, a ju judicial review where a judge will say, yes, the government has acted illegally. But we've had uh, judges saying the government has acted illegally on a number of occasions and uh, this government seems impervious to it. It's, ex it's absolutely extraordinary. The other thing about the legal route is it will you know, probably take a year to do that. And of course, as you say, Nicole, and while all this is happening, civil servants have already been told to cut funding to programmes to enforce this, what the government says is temporary aid cuts. So there's real suffering happening now. Yeah, well, I mean, a temporary aid cut is no good to a, to a kid with an empty bowl. Oh, temporary, I'm temporarily uh, hungry. I'm temporarily starving. I'm temporarily dead. You know, uh, temporary is just, it's just a, a ridiculous notion in, in, this, in this context. Already you've got aid agencies reporting from the ground uh, of the programmes that are being cut. There are 100,000 people in Cox's Bazaar. There are Rohingya refugees on the edge of Bangladesh and Burma. They're going to be um, without water as a result of this. The cut, you know, the cut has been announced. That in, in Bangladesh, uh, one of the agencies has reported that 2.6 million people uh, will be uh, affected by a, a clean water programme and sanitation programme that they were running that's just had its funding uh, cut Totally, 100% gone. Uh, so these things are, are already filtering through. And the government did no impact assessment on, on any of these things uh, because it was all done, you know, from a kind of shoot from the hip uh, way. Um, and, and civil servants were only given seven days to, uh, to actually decide what should be cut. So it's, it's been done in, 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 in a very you know, uh, hasty way. And uh, as a result, we're now seeing the, the evidence trickling through from the ground of, of the impact on, on, on the world's poorest people. I mean, there's one other thing I would say, which is that I am normally you know, quite measured in, in my writing on, on, uh, for the Church Times, but uh, on, on this subject, if I sound you know, very indignant, it's because I am. Uh, I think the government has behaved particularly outrageously. And the idea of taking the bread out of the mouths of starving people is just the real low point of, of the Boris Johnson government. And, and looking at the G7, I mean, what are some of the main issues that, that they'll be tackling? We've reported on this corporation tax rise that the finance ministers have agreed, which some campaigners are saying will actually benefit the wealthiest and, and doesn't go far enough. Well, the idea of taxing international corporations like uh, Amazon and Google, uh, Facebook is, is obviously uh, uh, not just desirable, but, you know, it's, it's essential in, in, in the modern world. People should pay their fair share of taxes and they've, they've managed to dodge that. So what the, the G7 is trying to do is find a way around that. Now, the way that they found has been criticised as, as inadequate or full of loopholes. Uh, and so there's a lot of work still to do on it, but they've, they've made a big step in the right direction. That's important. Uh, climate change uh, uh, is another big area that's, that's very important. Um, and, and, and leading up to the, the COP conference in Glasgow uh, later this year, the, the, there's important preparatory work to be done for that. Because again, you, know, you, you can't just pull rabbits out of a hat on these things. You've got to cost proposals and do impact assessments and see what will work. So laying the ground for that is, is an important part of what's happening at the, uh, at the G7. Boris Johnson and uh, Joe Biden are, are signing an agreement which kind of updates the, tra the transatlantic pact, updates the special relationship, which is something of a triumph, I think, for, for, for Johnson. That's a publicity coup. On the downside, um, the Biden government has issued a, a demarche, which is a, a diplomatic reprimand 
uh, of this most severe order uh, to Britain over the handling of the Northern Ireland Protocol. And there is a danger that the, the Brexit row, uh, as it's playing out in sausage wars, um, will, will dominate um, uh, or overshadow the really important stuff at the, at the G7. Because Biden, uh, who famously said when he was asked by the BBC uh, for a comment when he'd just been elected president, uh, uh, he said, uh, BBC, I'm Irish. Um, and it's pretty clear where, where Biden's sympathies lie in this. So all of the pressure from the EU um, and from uh, Biden and probably from some of the other G7 nations who aren't in the EU is going to be on Johnson to come to an accommodation in Northern Ireland over this protocol. And it's becoming increasingly clear again that this is uh, an area of cynical activity by this government. They signed up to this protocol, um, which they clearly have no intention of abiding by, and they're trying now to wriggle out of it. And the Europeans are saying, well, you signed it, you knew what it was. And, and, and uh, Tory apologists are saying, oh no, well, we didn't quite understand the implications of it. But it, it, it's clear that these implications were spelled out by people in Ireland, in Northern Ireland, uh, in this country, during the signing of that. And the, the Tory strategy seems to have been get Brexit done and then we'll sort out the details afterwards. Uh, and uh, they've so they signed uh, the country's name to something that they've got no intention of um, of sticking to, which is another example of of how this government is um, uh, denigrating and and uh, um, lowering the reputation of, of of our country in the eyes of the rest of the world. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Church Times podcast. You can find more news, analysis, comment and book reviews on our website, churchtimes.co.uk. If you are not yet a subscriber to the Church Times, you can try your first 10 issues for just £10. You'll get the paper delivered to your door every Friday, plus full access to our website and digital archive. Go to churchtimes.co.uk forward slash subscribe to find out more. The music for this podcast was provided by Sought After Sounds. Tune in next Friday for the next episode. Thank you.